It's your purple. Raise your mugs and raise your little brown jugs and raise a toast. Welcome to Toast Radio. I'm Sophia, your health and wellness representative for the SRC, making your life a little more purple. So today's show, we're going to be discussing mental health and well-being. Before we begin, I want to include a content warning for death, grief, mental health, and eating disorders. This episode will include some sensitive content on these topics. We will highlight Mental Health Week, which is coming up right around the corner, Winterfest, and then we're going to take a moment to honor the life of a student who passed away in December. We will conclude the show with a special guest appearance from Sarah Beth Frost, who is a social worker supporting students through counseling and support groups working out of their residence offices. I will be interviewing her about what mental health looks like as a university student who's balancing it all, how to access university resources like counseling, accessibility services, and her advice for our listeners and taking care of their wellness. So Winterfest is right around the corner, happening on the weekend of February 10th to 11th. This event is an annual winter tradition at Bishops since 2012. Students from all over Quebec and Canada come to attend the social event. Winterfest serves as a time for so many students to recharge midway through the semester by spending time outside, by having fun with friends. Activities include Thursday après-ski happy hour, Saturday rail jam, winter carnival, and outdoor concert in the evening. In recent years, the prevalence of COVID reduced the capacity, so Winterfest 2023 is highly anticipated and you do not want to miss it. If you would like more information about Winterfest, you can reach out to our Director of Events, Hannah, at srcevents at ubishops.ca. Another event coming up right away is Mental Health Week. Mental Health Week is taking place from Monday, January 30th to Saturday, February 4th. The purpose of this week is bringing students and all members of the BU community together to understand better why we emphasize health and wellness so much. The events of the week teach students how to take care of our minds and bodies and help students to meet and make friends who are also interested. On Monday, January 30th at 11.30, there's going to be a resource fair in the gate with lots of community partners like the Lennoxville District Women's Center and our student services, followed by a workshop called Art with Impact on Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. Finally, on Friday, there will be a keynote speaker, Quezzy Millington, who is a former RCMP officer and a mental health lecturer. If you have any questions about the schedule or events of Mental Health Week, please reach out to myself at srcwellbeing at ubishops.ca. Next up, I want to take a moment to acknowledge the passing of a member of our community. In the first week of December, the Bishop's community underwent the tragic passing of Zoe Fortier. Zoe was a first-year student who studied in the School of Education. There was a memorial held for Zoe on December 14th, where many members of the community honored and mourned her. Before we move forward, I am going to ask you to share a moment of silence with me to honor Zoe. This was a difficult time for the entire community, and it impacted each of us differently. We will now be taking the rest of the episode to discuss how we can demonstrate love and care for ourselves and for others in times like this. Now I am here with Sarah Beth Frost. Thank you for being with me here today, Sarah Beth. I'm so excited to have you. Could you explain your role at Bishops a little bit for our listeners? Sure. Thank you for having me. 
Uh, my name is Sarah Beth Frost. I am a social worker in residence. Uh, so my role here at Bishops is part of the larger student services team. Um, we have counselors and a whole team uh, in student services, uh, and we have three social workers that work in residence specifically. Very cool. Okay. So before we dive into your interview, I want our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. I'm going to ask you 20 rapid fire this or that questions, all relating to self-care and wellness. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Cozy night in or social night out? Cozy night in. Warm vacation like Costa Rica or cold vacation like England? Oh, England. And adventuring or relaxing? Adventuring. Okay. Recharge through time alone or time with loved ones? Depends on the day. Candles or essential oils? Essential oils. Reading or listening to a podcast? Podcast, 100%. Oh, good. You're here. <laughs> weighted blankets or fuzzy socks? Ooh, weighted blanket. Me too. Comfy chairs or desk workspace? Comfy chair. Summer or winter? Ooh, fall. <laughs> Turn your phone off or check out social media to relax? Turn my phone off. Journaling or crafting? Ooh, both. Both? <laughs> Me too. I love both. <laughs> Cooking or ordering in? Cooking. Vacation or staycation? Staycation. Naps or early bedtimes? Always naps. Naps, naps, naps. <laughs> Board games or puzzles? Board games. M me too, for sure. Yeah. Mindfulness or meditation? Mm, they're kind of the same thing. Very. Okay. <laughs> uh, watching sunset or movies night? Oh, watching sunset. Mm, face masks or hot showers? Hot shower. And lastly, stickers or fidgets? Ooh, fidgets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow, okay, thank you for doing those with us. That, that, that went really well. <laughs> Um, so following up with that game, I have a question that relates. What do you do to intentionally take care of yourself and your well-being? Oh, that's a wonderful question. I think people have this idea that you have to go to the spa to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And this is something I talk about with students every day. Um, caring for yourself and what I do for myself is just lots of little things every day. Mm -hmm. um, so we mentioned a hot shower. For me, I know getting up in the morning, if I take a shower, it wakes me up and mm -hmm. I feel better for the whole day. So it's not a big thing. It seems like a regular thing, but mm -hmm. it's something that I do every day. Um, making sure that I get enough rest. Um, also just being really attentive to my body. So if my body is telling me that I'm exhausted or like not able to do something, I'm listening to it all the time, yeah. uh, which means I'm trying to kind of adapt myself to how both my mental and physical well-being uh, are doing all of the time. Mm -hmm. Not overscheduling myself is a big mm -hmm. one, and I know that's a struggle for all students. Um, making sure that there's time where I don't have something planned and not like once a week every day, even mm -hmm. if it's only for a little bit of time, there needs to be some time. Yeah, that's a challenge. I understand that. Mm -hmm. What's your advice for students in not overscheduling themselves? I, well, it depends on how the student schedules. If there's someone who's very, um, likes to plan and organize, then you can actually block out time. Mm -hmm. And for some people, that's wonderful because they know it's coming. Mm -hmm. For people who um, like to kind of more go with the flow, which is a little bit more of my case, it means that I'm constantly working in kind of flexible blocks into my schedule mm -hmm. uh, in case I need some time or in case something comes up that I'm not expecting. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And it actually flows into my next question. How do you manage your own time and your responsibilities to mitigate stress in your life? Oh, wow. This is the eternal question. And this is not just for students. <laughs> this is something that I have I've struggled with my entire adult mm -hmm. life. Um, really, it has a lot to do with part planning and part flexibility. So having, for me, having like a loose structure that works for me of things that I know I have to do, you know, to be okay. So having kind of planning out my time in a way that leaves space for everything, but also being flexible enough to shift if something changes with me or with my context 
and that and that's tricky. There's a sweet spot that you have to kind of find. And communication and planning, I think, are the two kind of elements. Absolutely, yeah, balance. I, I really hear that. Mm-hmm. So, why do you think that there is such an immense stigma around mental health and asking for help when you feel that you need it? That's a great question. I feel like in the last even ten years, the um, the dialogue around mental health has become much more uh, or much less stigmatizing. I think prior to that, there was a lot of misconception about mental health, kind of like either you are mentally healthy or you're mentally ill. Mm. And there was no in-between. Whereas what we know about mental health is it's a continuum. So it's something that we all move around on based on what's happening in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, m- most people are more stressed around midterms. Most people are more stressed around the holidays. Yeah. That affects our mental health. And there are things we have to do to stay healthy in stressful times. Um, thinking about it like physical health really helps. You know, mm-hmm. if, if I had a, an injury, would I continue to act as though I don't? If I had a sprained ankle, would I continue to work out? Would I continue to walk around on it? I think bringing it back to the way we would treat any other issue that was going on in our bodies really helps. But that's new. The stigma is because we've never treated mental health as something as important as physical health. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I tried, I've thought of that before and I try to frame it that way for myself as well. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm feeling overly anxious to the point that I'm having str- having trouble functioning, I think if I was feeling sick like this, like physically ill would I be going home would Mm -hmm. I be taking more time for myself and then I think why shouldn't I be treating this with the same importance so exactly and it's as debilitating to live with a like a declining mental health as it is to live with a physical injury or an Mm -hmm. illness but it's invisible and I think that's part of the reason why it's hard too you can't see that someone you sometimes you can but most of the time it's something Mm -hmm. interior and that means telling people that you're struggling and there's taboo around just even speaking about mental health Mm -hmm. so there's an extra step it's not like you walk in with a cast you know Mm -hmm. where it's obvious that you've broken your leg you have to say i'm struggling and i'm choosing to care for myself and that even socially is new Mm -hmm. and i feel that comes with the fear of not being believed which is a terrible fault of course and even having to have to feel like you need a diagnosis to care for your mental health. This is untrue. Everyone is on that continuum. And even, you know, a person who has a diagnosis is also in the same way on that continuum. So someone who has a psychiatric illness doesn't isn't mentally ill. They can be healthy, functioning, and, and move around on that continuum in the same way as someone who has no diagnosed illness can, you know, be de- not neglecting their mental health and end up, you know, um, much further down the continuum uh, where they where they do develop um, a mental illness or mm-hmm. symptoms that are really difficult to manage. Mm-hmm. I love the way you put it into words. Mm-hmm. So regarding that, why do, what do you think are some barriers that students face when seeking support? Extra steps. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone knows, like at Bishops, everyone knows that we have all these services, but how do you get to them? You know, um, are there going to be questions that make me uncomfortable? Do I like, there's all these questions about how do I get to there? Um, which I know seem insignificant, but if you're feeling fragile or overwhelmed and it, it's hard to go on that kind of mission of like, what is step one, two, and three? So I think one of the barriers is just understanding what the process is and how to, how to get there. We really worked hard at student services to reduce all of the step, like as many steps as possible. Um, so we have drop-in counseling every single day. Mm-hmm. People don't have to make an appointment. You just walk in, say, I'd like an appointment, and you can see someone that day. That for us was really important because otherwise, it, I think if you have to, you know, call, email, wait, I'll do all these other steps, um, that seems hard. Also, just giving it importance is hard. 
you know, telling yourself, like, maybe I do need to see someone, maybe I need to talk to somebody, um, that can be a barrier for folks, you know, to kind of invite somebody into that really um, intimate space. Absolutely. It's very personal. And I Mm -hmm. think just making time and space in your life for it, it's so easy speaking as a student to be like, well, this can wait, but this assignment can't. And that is always a barrier. Yeah. Giving it, yeah, giving it importance and making space for it. Yeah. It's very Mm -hmm. difficult. Yeah. I I love how uh, your answers are always flowing into my next question. Mm -hmm. So can you walk me through the process for how a new student can access um, health and wellness resources like counseling, accessibility services, eating disorder supports? Yes, we've always tried to make it as easy as possible. Um, So as I said, every single day of the week at Student Services, um, there are drop-in sessions. And the drop-in is kind of the the entryway. You know, you have a short session with someone, they kind of assess your situation and will refer you to whatever other service that you need. So you don't need an appointment. You can just come, you know, on on opening hours. In residence, we have evening hours, so Tuesdays and Thursdays from 4 to 6. And at residence, it's during student service hours, I mean, in um, student services. Um, We try and make it just as quick and as easy as possible. Students can also go online and get a lot of information um, about about um, for SAS, for a student accommodation. All of the forms are there, but even if that feels overwhelming, you can just come in mm-hmm. uh, and you can do a drop-in or there are drop-ins at SAS, or you can speak with one of the two coordinators that are in the office. Um, you can email, you can call. Uh, we're trying to like make it very, very accessible and no waiting. Most of the time, folks, when they're ready to make an appointment, it's because it's it's right now that I'm ready to talk. So we're trying to facilitate as much as possible, just people being able to come very shortly after um, they make contact with us. That's beautiful. And I think uh, it's very true. It's a barrier we see everywhere, waiting for appointments and diagnoses and mm-hmm. solutions when they maybe you need them right away. And you don't need you don't need um, a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't need to be in dire straits to come for a counseling session. No. It could just be a rough day that you need to talk something out. Yeah. Um, it could be like not knowing what resource to go to. Um, we have we have a huge team of really competent, really um, lovely professionals, and they're there to help orient you and kind of help you be a successful student, which involves you being physically and mentally yes. well, healthy. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So what is your advice to someone who is supporting a loved one who's mm. struggling with their mental health? My advice, oh, that's such a great question. My two answers to this. Number one is get support yourself. Supporting another person who is struggling with a mental health issue is a lot and it can be overwhelming. So getting support yourself um, is always important. And you can come to a drop-in session for that. We also have Empower Me, which is available 24-7. It's a phone line for students at university. uh, And you will always, you know, you can get services in 21 different languages at any hour of the day or night. Um, All students have access to it. So if you, if you need to just talk it out with someone, you have all kinds of resources available and your mental health is as important, you know, as the person you're supporting. So that's my first piece of advice. Uh, and the second is to um, let the people you know uh, that, are, that you're supporting about those resources. Um, they might not be ready, but you can, you can tell them, you know, these, these are the places that you can go to get support. Um, and if it's too much for you to also kind of have a, a healthy limit when, you know, when you are no longer able to support the person, but like letting them know this is my limit, like I care for you and here are the resources available to you. Mm-hmm. I can walk with you, I can, you know, I can help you get there if you need it. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. letting the person also be kind of in charge of their own journey. Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. So what would you like to tell the student, the individual who wants to seek help but is overwhelmed with the process? 
I guess what I want to tell them is it's okay to ask for help to even get there. A lot of students arrive in my office and a friend or a teacher or um, somebody has walked them there. Their RA has walked them there. If it seems overwhelming just to get there or make the call or send the email, just ask someone who you trust um, to help you make that one step. Usually once that first step is taken, you can see someone very quickly and, and the rest kind of, you know, it, it starts the process. Sometimes it's that first step that can be hard and just knowing someone's there supporting you can really help. It really can be that first step, and mm -hmm. I feel like climbing that first step can feel like climbing a mountain. Yes. And then once you're there, other things kind of fall into place. And I think another thing I want to highlight for students is that all um, counseling services at Bishops are completely confidential. Mm -hmm. People sometimes worry because it's within the school that their coach or their teacher or someone will, will mm -hmm. know about, you know, what's going on. It's completely confidential. So um, just knowing that it's a safe space and that, that nobody has access to that information um, can bring down anxiety for a lot of people as well. So similar, but a bit of a different question. What would you like to tell the student, the individual who may be listening, aside from resources, what would you like to tell them that's struggling with their own mental health? I think I'd like to tell them that moving back towards positive mental health is not um, one big thing. It's usually a lot of small things. Mm -hmm. So um, a combination of things. So if you're mentally really struggling, you know, giving yourself more time to rest, um, really listening to what you need, whether that's time with people or time to rest and be alone, um, taking the step to call and, and speak with someone, um, it, it's really a combination of a lot of little things. Uh, and most of those things require support, social support, not just from professionals, but from friends and family. I find often when you're keeping it to yourself that you're having a mental health struggle, it amplifies that struggle. But often students will say, you know, when I told, you know, my friend, my partner, um, you know, my colleague about this and they understood, just that was a huge sense of relief and helped me move forward. That's beautiful. And mm -hmm. I completely agree. Well, those are all the questions I have for you. Mm. Thank you for your responses. They're so incredible. Mm. I think what resonated with me out of everything that you said was kind of in the beginning when we were discussing how there's a misunderstanding that there's mentally healthy and mentally ill and it's really a continuum and I love that because I feel like often we're trying to find a solution to check the box and mm -hmm. then we think everything's going to be good but it's really a, a constant taking care of yourself and that's what I found in my own life so I really it meant a lot to hear that from you. Oh I think the idea of maintenance too the idea of like we, the same way that we maintain mm -hmm. our physical health is the same for mental mm -hmm. health yeah. so that it's something that is a, we do every day and the idea of the continuum comes actually from a workshop that we offer to all students uh, on campus, which is called uh, The Inquiring Mind, mm -hmm. um, that really kind of talks about how mental health is viewed and what some of, like, how some of the language we use around it is stigmatizing and how we can get to know our own mental health better and understand it by people. So it's a free workshop that's offered through uh, Student Services. I'm going to go one day. I it's love that. It's really good. It's beautiful. <laughs> Great. So thank you for joining us today. Um, the work you do for our community is so appreciated. You guys are superheroes, and I really look up to the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. So that's all I have. Do you have anything else you want to say or leave the, the listeners with? One thing I didn't talk about is peer support. Mm -hmm. So we have a peer support center um, where there are you know, students trained in active listening. Sometimes you don't want to see a counselor. Sometimes you just need to talk to someone. So um, I want to say that they're available and we have a variety of different support groups on campus as well. So, you know, seeing a professional is always helpful, but, you know, speaking to friends, to a peer a supporter, to whoever you feel comfortable with, I think the most important thing is to be kind of getting the help that you need wherever it feels comfortable for you. Yeah, absolutely. 
thank you for leaving us with that. We really appreciate your time, Sarah Beth. Thanks so much. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you, Gators. I'm Sophia Stacy, your health and wellness representative for the SRC from Toast Radio, always making your life a little more purple. Thank you.